Welcome to Natalia Benson, the podcast. I'm an astrologer, women's empowerment coach, and modern mystic living in Los Angeles. My podcast is here to inspire, encourage, and remind you that everything and anything is possible. I love sharing with you the tools that have healed, transformed, and up-leveled my life. Everything from astrology to magical money, life purpose tools, mindset shifts, and pragmatic mysticism. Thank you so much for being with me, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome to another episode of Natalia Benson, the podcast. I have an incredibly special guest, and this is such a powerful, powerful episode. It moved me, and I just had chills so many times having this conversation with Jamal Taylor. So Jamal is a social justice advocate, and he has the incredible Instagram at let me educate you and we'll have it linked in the show notes. And this, I do want to also say that this conversation, it touches on so many points. And what's really important to remember is that, and I thought about this a lot amidst 2020 and when George Floyd was murdered and Black Lives Matter came online and everything was just really coming to a very powerful and important head in our, let's say our country specifically inside the United States. I thought, you know, where could we be a year from now or two years from now? And what could this time really awaken in each of us. And my publicist at the time, Roxy, she's actually has a podcast with me a couple, I think at the beginning of last year. And she's an Aquarius as well, just like Jamal. And I remember her telling me, Natalia, it is so important because there was so much going on online at that time. And I had people DMing me, telling me how I was just doing everything wrong and it was very it was a very heated time on social media and very heated time to have any kind of presence online it was a deep time of learning and humility but roxy said something really powerful to me she was like you know it's going to matter more the conversations that you're having and the learning that you're doing a year two year five years 10 years from now like right now there's a lot going on and there's a lot to focus on But what's going to be more important than anything is how you authentically move forward and integrate these things into your life and make this a part of your company and a part of your message and your platform. And so I'm honored to have Jamal with me today. You guys are going to love him. I will say there are a couple trigger warnings inside of this episode. Um, Jamal and I both speak about traumatic experiences from our early childhood. So just please be aware it's towards the, this part of our conversation is towards the end of the episode. So please be aware if you do feel sensitive, um, or unavailable for these kinds of conversations around childhood sexual abuse, I just suggest that you either skip over that point or part, or just be aware that that's coming up towards the end of the episode. But all in all, this conversation is not to be missed. 
And I know that so many of you are leaders, you're entrepreneurs, and it is really important that your business also become an extension of the world that you want to see and that your mission involve equity and the understanding of privilege. And this is something I'm continuing to unpack. I actually, I actually discovered Jamal through the Instagram account at check your privilege. I've talked about Maisha before. And it's just the reminder that this is not over and that the more that we can continue to educate and do things in small and big ways to create equity and empowerment and love, Jamal's approach to social justice and advocacy is and activism is so beautiful because it is rooted in love. It is rooted in compassion and it's rooted in humanity. And I love that he's an Aquarius. We talk about that a little bit, but you'll just hear. And for those of you who are super into astrology, you'll really hear the Aquarian tones and really his mission and just what it is that he's doing with his life and his mission, the way he shows up online and the convert, the tough conversations that he's willing to have to create more open minds and open hearts and really deeper connection. And he and I have just formulated such a powerful bond through Instagram and through our, our conversations. So I'm so excited for you to enjoy this episode and I love you guys deeply as always. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for showing up for this work. This is just as important as any episode about building our wealth or building our businesses or astrology. This is just as important, if not more important, because it's the ways that we show up small and big that make all the difference. So enjoy this episode with the absolutely remarkable Jamal Taylor, and we will have all of his social links in the show notes at Let Me Educate You, L-E-M-M-E, Educate You. And he's got incredible resources and perspectives via IG. I love you guys. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. Love you. Jamal Taylor, welcome to the show, my love. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be with you today and so much love. Um, You are just a warm, welcome um, ray of light in my life today. So thank you for having me. You're so incredible. And I was, I just said, I was like, okay, we got to hit record. I need you to repeat everything (laughs) that you just said. So here we are, but thank you so much for your time, babe. And I'm so grateful to the good old social media airwaves for bringing you into my life and to my awareness. And we're going to talk all about the shifts that you've granted me with your work and your energy and your voice. And we're going to get into all of it. But first things first, tell us a bit about your story, how you began your work and all the good stuff. Great. So thank you for that question. And thank you for having me again. I I really appreciate and value sharing space with you. Um, I'm Jamal Taylor, a regular old guy. Um, 
that that tries to do the work of elevating voices. And so I go by the handle, let me educate you. And I try to educate people about issues in social justice going on across the country, across the world, helping people to raise their voices. Um, I said to you a second ago, uh, you know, I don't do this for the monetization um, of my pockets. I do it for the enrichment of my soul. Um, I think that um, that comes from a place of being a person that has lived his life um, fully, um, having been um, subjected to and am a childhood sexual assault survivor. And I was beaten back and, and beaten up so much in my life. And it took me to a very dark place. It took me to a place of trying to commit suicide, feeling very, very um, unhappy with who I was and how I was showing up in the world. Um, and then I realized that I had to use my voice, not only for me, but for other people. Um, I, I say regularly, when you stand, you give subconscious permission for other people to stand with you. Um, but I also had to realize that the darkness in my life taught me some lessons too. And there's a, a tattoo that I'm going to get shortly. Um, and it's a poem by Mary Oliver called The Uses of Sorrow. And she says, someone I once loved gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to realize that this too was a gift. And my darkness has brought light so profoundly into my life and allowed me to deal with people in, in a way that um, centers forgiveness. And there's certainly a balance that needs to happen. Um, accountability and forgiveness aren't on the same wavelength. I can hold you accountable and forgive you still. Um, I did a live a while back in the trial of Derek Chauvin. And one of the things I said, and I was so emotional, I think it's still on my page. I said, I want to hate him, but I can't. And I think to Maya Angelou, who said, I am a human being. And I think she might've been quoting someone, nothing human can be foreign to me. And so we've got to lean into that humanity. And that's what I'm about. How do I lean back into that humanity? Um, hold people accountable, hold myself to account, um, but still love people on purpose. Chills, chills, chills. How can we keep love in the conversation? I feel like that is why I resonated with you and resonate with you so deeply is because you hold that energy of accountability, which is so absolutely important, but also forgiveness, which is rooted in love. I think that we look around and we feel what's going on. We see what's going on. And it's so easy to get enraged and divisive and hateful. How do we keep love in the conversation of our advocacy and for our desire for change? Well, I first think that we need to hold the mirror up of the other side that people so regularly don't want to be associated with that operate in hatred. If we utilize the tools, if we utilize the tools of the other side, we are no better than they are. You know, King was successful not because he did not stand strong when he needed to, but because he operated from a space of love. The idea that people 
could be better. Um, I think social media has skewed our ability and the lens through which we see people in the world. Um, Reese Duran says this a lot. Uh, she talks about people being whole ass human beings. And the internet we see on social media, we see about 5% of who a person really is. And it's very easy when someone with a platform alienate, ostracizes, um, socially lynches another individual, and it's very easy to get on the bandwagon. I think therein, that exact moment is when we can show our best selves by saying, I don't know them well enough judge them. I know that I don't like this very specific thing that they have done. I think social media has given up people a license to be very nasty, to put their hooks into a situation and do and think the worst about people that they'll never know. They'll never know their struggle. They'll never know their trauma. That doesn't change holding a person to account. There's a specific person, and I'm not going to call their name, that I held to account a while back. In hindsight, I wish I'd have done it a little differently, but I did it. And the question was, can't a person make a mistake? That was a question posed to me by someone that disagreed by my accountability. And I want to be clear. My forgiveness of a person does not mean that they need to continue to perpetuate the harm that they're doing. If they have a platform that they're using recklessly and they're continuing to use recklessly, they don't deserve that platform. That does not mean that I want to ruin their lives. It means that I want to stop the perpetuation of harm. And I think even though I was disappointed in that person's action. I realized that it was incumbent upon me to operate from a space of love in that I didn't need to hate a person that I never would have known otherwise, except for their mistake. I never, I would never know the goodness that they've done unless I've researched it. And so, yes, and, and I am a, a, you know, and I don't mean this offensively to any listener, right? I'm a Christian. I practice Christianity. Who am I to judge a person? What gives me the moral right to sit in judgment of someone else? I may be unhappy, but I will not judge and condemn them to hell, social media hell. I will not attempt to publicly lynch them because I don't like it. I wouldn't want a person to do it to me. So I know I'm loquacious, but I definitely wanted to, to, to put a pin in that because I think it's super important and a very valuable question. No, that is so beautiful. I want you to repeat this one more time. Say this. I just, I need to hear this again. When you don't condone someone's behavior, but you will not publicly lynch them. That is so, (laughs) so powerful. Cause that to me is what has gone so askew so often with cancel culture and just as you said, the 5% of seeing someone's behavior, but then wanting to just tear everything when it's like, when you can hold truth and hold the mirror, that's actually what creates change, right? Absolutely. I think, I think 
I put a song up today. It's an old song my grandmother used to, to listen to, and I can't remember the, the artist, the group that sang it, but it's Sweep Around Your Own Front Door Before You Try to Sweep Around Mine. And I think we do that a lot. Social media gives us license to go in air the dirty laundry of other people while our closets are overflowing with dirty laundry skeletons and dead rats. I mean, I think, um, and so I think social justice, I think on everybody's part um, has become very monetized, um, very look at me um, and very manipulative of the trauma and grief that families are facing. Um, if you've never held the hand of a grieving mother, it's really hard to put yourself in that position. But I remember, and I think of, and send love to her in this moment, Roxanne Nelson, who's the mother of Cora and Charles, and sitting there in her grief and thinking to myself, what can I do in this moment? Her 15-year-old child was found with half of his face missing in a ditch. What can I do? What can I say? And, and the Christian part of me and, and my grandmother, the spirit of my grandmother that I always reference when I talk, just stand. Can't do anything else. You might not have an answer, but stand, stand in courage, stand in truth, stand through your tears, your hurt, your pain, the trauma that this is going to cause but do so in a way that elevates the story and not you. Your elevation is unnecessary. And I think so frequently people are jockeying for elevation. They're jockeying. And there's some people that truly get it too, right? Like, and I want to name that. I think that there are some people that get it so profoundly. Weez Durant gets it. She elevates an issue. She cares about people. Maisha T. Hill, she gets it. Tina Strong, she gets it. They just kind of elevate the story of people without seeking glory. And I I think of those three women and, and the work that they are doing. Um, and I'm amazed. I'm amazed at what women are able to do in our society. And I, I think if I thought that there was a solution to all of this, um, it was. It, it would be to listen to the voices of women, um, and, and 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 I say this with a spirit of sincerity. Black and brown women have had a tough go of this, um, and and hearing their voices and the situations that they're they're put through. I don't want to hear from the attorneys of a family. I don't want to hear a canned response. And I, I did a t- podcast taping that's going to come out here shortly with the mother of Ronald Green, who was murdered by state troopers in Louisiana. And she said, I, I, I feel like it's a performance sometime. I can't really be who I am in private. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And I get that because I've been in the room with them, with mothers that have lost children. And I, it just breaks my heart. And so when I think about this work of social justice and where we have to be, we have to elevate the stories of justice rather than lighting the fuse to destruction because we're teetering on the edge of it. Every time I, I held my breath, 
that things wouldn't implode on themselves when this horrible verdict came out uh, in the Rittenhouse trial. I held my breath when I thought about, could these three people who hunted down Ahmaud Aubrey go free? But that's this idea of accountability. And I said this on a post, justice and accountability are two different things. Justice would have been them never believing that they could get away with murdering someone. Accountability is taking an action to hold account for a person that's done something reprehensible. But if the justice system worked the way it would, they would have never thought that they could do that. Sorry. I, you know, I, I'm loquacious, so just cut me off. <laughs> Babe, I, you, okay. First off, I'm going to have to ask Sari what loquacious means because I'm loving this word. So you can, no, I love <laughs> what you're bringing through. What's loquacious? <laughs> like wordy, extra like talking a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> you never have to worry about that with me. Okay, cool. And guess what's really funny? As you were sharing... I actually just pulled a card. I just have my deck here. And guess what card came forward? What's that? The magician, which is Mercury, which is all about words and communication and like magic and power through communication. Oh, wow. It resonates. No. And this is your time. Like, this is what I want. I'm, you don't, you never have to say that word again, even though I'm glad I just learned it. I want to just echo what you said elevating the stories of justice as opposed to lighting the fuse of say that one more time elevating the stories of justice rather than lighting the fuses of destruction yes and my next question is how can we contribute i feel like social justice is such a powerful and important topic And I don't know if you know this, but when I was in college, I actually studied political science, not for long, (laughs) but I loved it. And I, I really got a footing for just the social justice, just the essence. Now I'm obviously very woo woo. So I say all probably all the wrong words for it, but I really got the essence of the importance and and really seeing between the lines of the way things that are done um, in the justice system, the political system, all the things. But my question, and really on behalf of my babes who listen, is how can we still contribute even when it's like, well, where do I begin and how do I approach? What would be maybe your advice for someone who wants to be impactful, but doesn't um, know where to begin or doesn't feel like they can make a change in all of the chaos and pain that we see in the collective. That was a loquacious question. It wasn't. It was. A, it was. I thought it was very well thought. Um, <laughs> I, I think. I think that is a very, very good question. And I think my answer to that is starting with your heart first, in your mind second. Um, realizing that we all bring, everybody brings a set of privilege to a discussion. Um, I, as a light skin, um, and I'll use this term to describe myself because it's been used as a as a um, cis presenting gay black man that is light skinned. I think 
that that's privilege that I bring to a conversation. There, that there are privileges that people that are white bring to a conversation. There are privileges. We all bring a certain privilege given the space that we occupy in a given time. And so being very mindful and thoughtful about the privilege you bring um, as you move. I think um, donating anonymously is always beneficial um, because it doesn't center anybody but the donation. Um, I think contributing to um, letter writing when a issue is raised that resonates with your heart to do that, um, making a call when a situation is raised to you and utilizing it, reaching out to someone that has experience and saying, hey, what can I do here to be impactful without operating in privilege? And, and I, I think that that has even become a dangerous place for people that want to help. And this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say it because I think it's important. We can't continue to ostracize people that are on our side of the fight because we don't care for the way that they make mistakes. Like we've got to let folks make mistakes. We've got to love folks purposely. We've got to have the tough conversations, but we must we, we spend more time fighting each other than we do fighting for one another. And that's the thing that constantly trips us up. This isn't a battle that we should be fighting. Love on purpose, yes, is about accountability. But this, there are some, some certain words that I have gotten so disgusted with the term gaslighting, because people use it manipulatively. Oh, you're gaslighting me. When someone truly tries to apologize, folks then try or attempt to demand the way that they should apologize. Um, the term, um, so gaslighting is one. Um, what's the other one? Sorry, I had a call on myself. <laughs> so it just went out for a second. So I don't know if you can edit that out, but please do. Um, Alex, edit that. <laughs> so, so gaslighting is a term. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that folks use to manipulate people. Um, anyway, it'll come back to me, but I think the biggest thing is like emotional extortion. It like, not a term, but what we do. People emotionally extort people to the place that they do not want to be engaged anymore in the situation because they feel like they're going to be attacked. And it's horrible. Folks are not going to always get it right. None of us will. I don't. I make mistakes. So. I, um, I did a course last year with Maisha. That's how I found you. And... I remember she just said something so powerful at the end. She just said, come back to your heart. It's so easy to get in the head and think, how can I do this right? How can I be the perfect ally or the perfect advocate or the perfect uh, whatever? And it's like, your heart is such an important guide. And I really love the tools that you've granted us. Um, well, first off, acknowledging where we hold privilege I heard something. I'd actually love to get your perspective on this. If that's okay. I was, I heard a video once and it was a young woman on NPR. And she said, you know, when you have privilege, a privilege of any kind, 
one of the most powerful things that you can do is use that privilege in a way that assists someone who is not. What do you, I'm paraphrasing, but what do you think about that statement? I think on the very basic level, um, that's a, I think that's a good question, right? Like on the very basic level, at family dinner, right? Like, and I talked about this on, on Instagram and people took this out of context. I said, why do you continue to share the table with people that perpetuate harm? But that does not mean that you don't try, right? And so uh, bringing a friend over that is, I don't know, identifies as homosexual to dinner and somebody cracks a gay joke, like them raising an objection to it may easily get put out of the house. But a person that operates in that circle of privilege may not by saying that's really offensive to me as a straight person with gay friends. Like I just don't like it. So that's utilizing for me, like utilizing the privilege of the spaces that you occupy. But most important of them is when you are in the room alone and no one is watching and no one is taping and it isn't a crown, a a, a star in your crown by elevating your voice and saying, whoa, you're way out of line. I don't appreciate it. And not feeling the necessity of then coming and tooting your horn and saying you did it. Right? (laughs) I love that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lot about integrity and just how we are and who we are when there's no one watching and there's nothing that will elevate to elevate us other than just our own integrity. Yep. And, and, and that is, right, like when we talk about, about the education of young people, you always want to move people from the, the, the need for extrinsic motivation to intrinsic motivation, right? Like mm-hmm. you should be intrinsically motivated and expect nothing to do the right thing. My old grandmother used to say, right is right, right don't wrong nobody. I love and your I, grandma. <laughs> and so, you know, we've got to, operate in that spirit of sincerity where we we just do it because it's the right thing and not go on Instagram and say, do you know what I did today? Guess what I did today? Like nobody cares about that. Like I don't care to hear it. That's why I've taken a break because I feel like it is so performative. I when I think of folks, I think of like um and I call them peacocks and I always ask the question, have you seen a peacock before? And folks are like, yeah, I've seen a peacock. I said, have you been close? I'm like, mm. No, I can't say I have. I said, they're very pretty. If you get close enough, they stink. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I've never smelled a peacock, but I'm going to keep this in mind. But Mm. it is true. Go ahead and take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Just pause for a moment, my angel. I have a question for you. How are you currently feeling about your finances? How do you feel about the money in your bank account, the success of your business? How do you really feel about money at this very, very moment? I just created something really, really beautiful for you. It is a money visualization meditation 
One of the most powerful tools that we have in our tool belt is the power of our mind and the power of what we focus on. And this very beautiful, soothing meditation is really about you just really bringing your nervous system down to a place of just comfort and ease and really allowing your mind and your mental pictures to create your life and to create where you truly desire to go with your money. So if you would like that free meditation, just go ahead to the link in the show notes and download it. It is absolutely free. It is my gift to you. You'll just add your email and you will automatically be sent this money visualization meditation. It is extremely special. And especially if you've been feeling maybe a little stressed with money or stressed in your business, it's really important that you take time to take really good care of your body, your being your unconscious mind and just really focus on where you truly seek to go enjoy that meditation love you so much enjoy the rest of the episode what is your biggest mission right now what's something that is really lighting you up and and moving your your mission and your work forward in the world bridging the gap in social justice, where people can feel comfortable making mistakes, but still participating. I think it's so hard for folks for fear that they are going to make a mistake, that they just get frozen. And so for me, when I think about how we mobilize an issue, and listen, always at the top of that is equity, right? Like making sure that equity exists for people. But the underpinning of that is making sure that the foundation is solid enough to handle it. And I think that there's so much animosity on one side of this fight against people in the same fight that folks are paralyzed. And it is the exact same thing that is happening on the other side. There's so many news stories. You can turn on the news and they're like, an anonymous Republican today said that The behavior being exhibited by former president, I'm not going to say his name, is absolutely reprehensible. But folks are so paralyzed that they're going to get called out by them that they do nothing. And that is what is eating away at the fiber of this country, that we are silent in the face of hurt, hatefulness, destructive behavior, seeing people as less than human, not giving people the ability to make a mistake. And so for me, my fight is to make sure that there's a space for people to learn. Thus, let me educate you. (laughs) How can we help? We're we're a community of, we're pretty woo-woo over here, but we care about each other we care about like to me and I say woo woo because I don't take myself too seriously but I always say that to me the truest expression of spiritual practice and spiritual relationship is accountability and accountability is not checking out when there's issues and challenges at present that make you feel uncomfortable and so my question for you is how can we as a as a spiritual community or those who are like a little on the woo, how can we contribute to your mission? 
and what you're creating? I think that's a good question. And I'm going to start with something you said. I take you very seriously. And I think that the work that you do is very important and impactful and, and, and necessary. Um, two, I think, um, start with love on purpose. When you center that, when you focus that, when you say, I'm going to love a person despite their worst mistake in their darkest moment, because if I were in their position, I would want the same grace. I would want the same benevolence. That, I think, is the underpinning of, 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 of helping. I think elevate issues and don't get paralyzed in fear because someone might say something about you. I have a friend right now, and I, because I don't have her permission, I'm not going to say her name, but she runs a large platform. And I think that she was given a bad a bad take of it. And I had some very, very thoughtful conversation with her um, and, and do regularly. And I, I kept reminding her, though a few people are upset with you, a majority of people realize how impactful your work is. And so do, do not let the smallest group of loudest wrong people dissuade you from your effort. Keep going at it. Keep fighting for it. If you make a mistake, say, I'm sorry. I made a mistake and move on. Forgiving yourself is terribly important in this work. You are going to make mistakes because it is hard to realize your privilege. You know, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 34 um, years old. And I'm going to um, go back on to my grandmother whose picture is looking over at me at, as I do this live. Um, who used to say, if you've been in a room that stinks long enough, you become accustomed to the smell. And so this body that I've been in, the privilege that I operate in, I've been in this for 34 years. And so when people say something stinks about something that you do, be reflective about it. Doesn't mean they're always right. Be reflective about it. Temper yourself, ground yourself, talk to people you trust. Helping is not giving up. And I know that that's a lot to say, to say, I feel like I said nothing there, but I feel like that's so important our ability to forgive ourselves because we are going to make mistakes. And I feel like many women in my community, like they're leaders and they want to speak out about the things that matter to them, that they want to see shift. A lot of them are, you know, entrepreneurial and they want to be true leaders. And I think what you're saying, it's not saying nothing at all. It is so necessary and needed. And to be reminded that to give yourself the grace, and especially when we are showing up and speaking about things that matter, um, there's often emotion behind that. There's going to be perspective that might not please everybody. So just being like your reminder is so beautifully received because like I said, these women are leaders and they want better for the world and that can be uncomfortable and you're not always going to do it right. And so that's important, an important reminder. One of the most important. Thank you. You're the best. I love you right now. You're just like, we're having it. We're having a good old time y'all. Okay. So babes, let me ask you this in terms of, I just want to go deeper on this concept because I got your beautiful shirt that you sent me and lo love on purpose. What does that mean? 
love without exception, without excuse, without stipulation, without attachment. Like you can't love a person. Love does not operate affixed to a sliding scale. Well, I can love you, but like love on purpose means I love you and there is no limit to it. That doesn't mean that I won't ever get mad at you. That doesn't mean that I ever won't have an accountability conversation with you. That doesn't mean I won't ever be at the the place or space where I say, I can't talk to you right now because I'm frustrated. Love on purpose is grounded in this idea that there is not a limitation to love. You cannot put a disclaimer on it. You must engage it thoughtfully and intentionally if you are going to be your best self. And listen, that's a hard place to be. And I, and I, I will share something and I'm going to give a trigger warning and you may have to edit this out if it's uncomfortable for your people. But as a person that was sexually assaulted until I bled, that was, had my childhood stripped from me, I had to forgive the people that did it to me so that I could heal. And if I, I always say this, if I can forgive them, why can't I forgive anybody else? We will not edit that out. And I cannot tell you, I mean, the quote you mentioned from Mary Oliver, and it almost makes me cry, a similar experience. And even though to move through something of that level of violation and pain, but then to, instead of turning that pain into hatred for others, you turn it into such a movement. I mean, to me, that is the mark of a powerful soul. And and, and I'm going to add this because I think it's important here. It started off as hate and and I want to be fair. I was a very, very hurt. And, unhappy person and thought that by making other people unhappy, it would make me happier. And it never did. It just made me feel worse. And so I want to say to people in naming that mistake in my life, that we're going to make mistakes. And and, and so thank you for naming that I've gotten to a place where I'm able to do the right thing, but I wasn't always there. It's um, there's a concept in alchemy. I'm sure you've heard of this, but transmutation and turning base level experiences into gold, but it doesn't mean it was always gold or you always had it right, quote unquote. It's that, you know, you can see that 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 hatred and pain and sharing that with others, it actually doesn't elevate you. It just keeps you where you are, but then transmuting it into love. But that's a process and that's a healing process. And the fact is, is that you did it and I did it. And like I said, that is the mark of a powerful spirit. When you don't seek to turn that energy perpetually over and over and over. So you did that. And I, and I want to say that I really appreciate you feeling safe enough to share your story with me. Um, It takes a lot to do that. And I I, I value that. I hear it. And I I appreciate the love with which you did that. I honor that you feel safe to share here and also bring your message, not only to this space, but to your work. Like 
as I said, that's what drew me to you. And it's refreshing because I feel like to want to educate from love and a space of equanimity, it's very rare. And so what you're doing is so needed and um, it's my honor. And thank you for feeling safe and feeling the spaciousness of our connection. Cause we have a great, we have a great connection <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to share here and to do what it is that you do. And, and I'll speak very candidly, you know, for me as a, as a white woman, I, I want to learn and I want to do better. And I want to know how I can utilize the privilege that I've been given to absolutely transform what I like to call my corner of the universe. And so that's very, that's not easy for me to say, because again, I worry about getting things like that wrong, but that's really from my heart because this is such a time where we just can't pretend that these, that things aren't going on. And it's a time to truly, to listen, to humble, and to contribute. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and to do so in the space with people on my end that need to realize that folks are going to not always get it right because we don't always get it right. Because in that little bitty space, call forgiveness there are no there are no uh, exclusionary rules like i don't exclude people from forgiveness because they've done something racist i don't forgive i don't exclude people from love because they've hurt me um because when i show up as my best self i give other people show up as their best selves and i want forgiveness when i make mistakes and i want love when i do the wrong thing and so um, you are not alone in that feeling. Um, I think that we've got to realize that we are more alike than we are different. And when we capitalize on that, when we realize that we can make a change, I, I'm reminded of the civil rights movement when John Lewis and, and Dr. King crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge and it changed the course of the country. Not everything's perfect. But the human nature of people, black and white alike, that saw people brutalized, maimed, their, their lives changed forever. In that moment, it changed the course of a country because people shared their thought about their differences and began to think, oh my God, this is happening to another human being with breath in their body, with children, with a sister, with a mother. And so um, we've got to be reminded of that. I, I think social media gives us a very easy way to, um, to, to send out a, a very large message that isn't always 100% accurate. Um, I think that that's how um, the, the last president created so much havoc, just by just making lies. And that, that ability to make lies does not um, stop with him. Um, people have large platforms and, and utilize those platforms sometimes in a very dangerous way. 
And it's, we're really in a time and space where utilizing power with responsibility is so needed. And that's why I think on so many levels, we're in so much imbalance and chaos because power isn't being utilized responsibly. And it takes a lot to actually utilize power responsibly. And my prayer in the work that you do, that I do, that Maisha Hill does, that many others, is that the the uh, scales begin to shift and people who are utilizing power from a place of love and responsibility become more of the majority instead of where we've been and, and, and it, uh, what's happened throughout our human history which really takes evolution. It really takes conscientiousness. Ashe, and I'm in. <laughs> oh my God, I'm speechless. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so happy to be here sharing space and time with you too. And I, and I mean that, I, you know, it, it is good when you can have a conversation with a person and there are not a ton of people that I can do that with, right? Like, it's really hard to be in a space where I could just be comfortable with myself and super relaxed and say, you know what? I'm going to make myself a, a drink while we do this conversation and feel comfortable saying that. I don't have to, you know, put on. And I think um, there, there, there are very, very few people um, that I feel that way with, you know, Maisha, uh, Louise, where I could just be myself, um, Presh, and, and just a set of people that I can do that with very authentically and be my rawest. Um, so thank you um, for for always being super, super, super a ray of light in, in a conversation. Isn't, isn't that the beauty of social platforms? It's like that to me is the magic and love. Like you and I have never met in person. We've never got to give each other a hug. Like I've never met your mom. I wish I met your grandma. She sounds incredible. My grandma's looking at me too, but it's like how beautiful that through you being your authentic self on social media, me being my authentic self and just that connection that we've created. And then to get to have you tonight on this, on the show. And just, it's that to me is these platforms being utilized in their highest octave is when it can create connections like that. And I know that's happening, but it's also, there's also so much other fucking shit going on too, but it's like, (laughs) may this be the, the predominant way that we utilize these tools because there's so much opportunity for people to come together and and to understand each other and to witness each other and then to create connections that shift conversations and open hearts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you said something powerful there that I think people need to reconcile with, which is we have given a greater weight to the bad things that happen than we do to the good things that happen. And and we need to reconcile that. Um, I am, there's an old song, gospel song that says, all my good days, I'll weigh my bad days, I won't complain. I think that that's important because it's so easy to let one thing cripple us when there are so many beautiful things happening, so many beautiful people to talk to, so much love to share. Um, 
And so I think that's important, that, that, that piece about reconciling how we weigh the bad versus how we weigh the good, because certainly my good days outweigh my bad days. I keep wanting to cry. Like I'm so like moved and you're the way you speak. It's just, it moves me every time. Just so such a channel. Thank you. Thank you. It's the way God made me. Simply blessed, babe. You see that in the background. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. So Jamal, what's, what's next? What's, uh, what's next for you and how can my women connect with you? Um, so what's next for me is just continuing to do the work of love on purpose, right? Like, um, in an ideal world, I think I would love to do, um, conversations around how we heal forward and not in a, not in a, um, a monetized way, right? Like just in a way to like facilitate discussion and, and, and conversation and make space for people to feel safe enough to share what they're feeling so that we can get the conversation on this side of the argument moving forward without fighting each other. I think um, in addition to that, I think um, making the space and time to really just be with people there, there, there's something lost in our inability um you have to be of a very high level of intuitiveness to feel the warmth of a person absent their presence um and i think being in the space with people and having this conversation conversations like this more openly is super important to me because i think that there's so much change to be made there um and then i think <clears throat> Um, you know, certainly if they need to, if, if your ladies need to connect, follow me on Instagram. Um, let me educate you. Um, I'm happy to, to talk and chat and, and make time with the understanding that, um, it'll take me time to get close the loop to get back to you. <laughs> Noted. And I, how can we also like support your work? Like, what do you, what's, I saw just today that you have a trip or a retreat or something, a really powerful offering. Uh, so we are going, I'm going to be doing a, a um, uh, trip with Tina Strawn uh, uh, to the national. And I don't want to miss, misquote this. The national lynching museum, I think is the appropriate name of it. Um, and so that's with uh, Legacy Trips. And so Tina Strawn hosts those. I'm, I'm one of the speakers at that. And um, the, uh, I think I'm like leading the conversation discussion on that trip. And on that's on February the 18th. If I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. Um, it's on my calendar. <laughs> I'm trying You're to like, like, I'll be there. <laughs> I, no, I'll definitely be there. But I'm just like trying my best to, to be careful with what I let occupy my mental space because I, I found myself overwhelmed the last couple of months. And yeah. so really have taken a step back and saying, like, I'm going to calendar it and I'll be there, but I'm not going to commit it to my memory. And, I and, and respect <laughs> that. They said that um, Albert Einstein could not remember his own phone number because he thought that it was a waste of space in his brain. So, um, you know, I, I'm definitely smarter than him. So it absolutely <laughs> has to be. Um, I think the other thing is like, 
I do travel a lot to um, protests, etc. And so always post those things. My cash app and Venmo are up there and feel free to, to donate that way. I'm happy if you do that. I'm happy if you don't. You don't need to feel obligated to do that either. Um, and so I think that's those are ways that you can help and, and be and share space, be in space and share space with me. Um, so I love that. I love that. I've and you know, because you know, I and I don't want to, I don't make you uncomfortable, but like I want your work supported. And you know, I'm a money teacher. So I'm like, I I I want you to share things like that because the work I learned this from one of my favorite, she's an amazing woman and a beautiful teacher of mine named Julietta Bodo. And she said, We all show up for this kind of work in the unique ways. Like I so appreciate it actually makes me emotional, but I so appreciate that you have an honoring for the way I show up because it's the way I heal and it's my contribution. And I so honor and respect the way you show up and, and the way that you heal and contribute and they're unique to one another, but they are both necessary. And that was a concept I learned from Juliet. So I want you to share how we can support the way that you show up because it's needed and we all contribute and we can also assist in the way that one another contributes, especially if it's unique to each other. So thank you for sharing that. And can we just talk real quick as we're, as we're going to close up, can we talk about how you're an Aquarius? Absolutely. <laughs> like such an, like such an Aquarius. To a T. When oh, you, I think I guessed your, I think I guessed your side. I was like, are you an Aquarius? You're like, yes. I so. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. I'm definitely an Aquarius. I, you know, though, like, I've read a couple of places, and maybe I'm wrong, that, like, Aqu- Aquarius are emotionally detached. And I don't feel emotionally uh, detached from people as I feel emotionally hesitant to let people in my bubble, right? Like, um, like you will feel the warmth of my love if you're <laughs> co- having a conversation or in my space. But I am very much like, but that's far enough. But that's the Aquarius and your Cancer Moon. Because uh-huh. Cancer Moon is like, I mean, there's so, like, you are so Cancerian Moon, like, which is so nourishing for me as an Aries. I love my Cancers, but it's really powerful because it's like, you, but you also have to have like loving boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because Cancerians can be givers and like overgive, but then also kind of need to protect their emotional space. So that's a unique combo <laughs> with the Sun and Aquarius. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely get that. Absolutely. Like, so when you did your reading with me, I was like, oh my god, this is so spot on. There was so much water in your reading, right? What what was mm-hmm. going on? There was it was powerful. It was. I, I definitely remember. And now I'm, I'm again, back to that, like not, and, and not because it wasn't important, but I just received it. And I was like, this is really good. That's how it is. That's how it's supposed to be. You don't have to remember. I remember like little key things, but it's, it's mostly if it impacted you in a way that assists you in living an amazing life, like that's what it's for. And it definitely, definitely, definitely did that. So so powerfully. I'm trying to remember now. It was 
Okay. You had okay. swords. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Can I share? I remember. Yes. It was it was about you also being in your self-care. Remember? Cause I because when we spoke, it was like about you like being in you're in a little bit of a burnout space. Which even you just said, you're just like, I've got to like take a minute. Like, I'm not going to think about February. It's like my, I remember what was coming through from your inner mind was also just the reminding you that you have to fill your cup, like as much as you share and your output, it's like, especially in the work of activism, it's like, you have to fill your emotional and spiritual cup so that you have the, the bandwidth to serve your, your, your magic, your power and all the things that you do. Cause you channel when you speak too. you know what I mean? Like you're on Absolutely. a frequency. So it's like, you need that, that watery energy. It was a lot of water and a lot of swords cards. And for all my woo gals, you know, that's all the cups and the swords in the tarot. That was all your reading. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, it was really good. I definitely remember that. And I, and I definitely have taken to heart, like this week, I've really been intentional about like, cause I've been off this week, like Getting up when I want to, going to yes. sleep when I want to, eating what I want to, et cetera. And then today went and got myself some running shoes because it was super important for me to start running again because it makes me, yes. it gives my brain a chance to think, but gives it space to think. And I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, definitely gives oh me space. Oh my God, it makes sense. <laughs> and then um, and then I've decided in February, not February, Lord, I'm off for two weeks in December. And so I'm going somewhere. I don't know where I'm going. I haven't made up my mind yet, but I definitely need to take a trip um, and just kind of be with myself, keeping space for myself, Um, reading a book in front of a fireplace, someplace someplace with snow. You're like, wherever? (laughs) Say it, say it. Because I'm an old man like that. So like, like being there with a blanket in front of a fireplace with a little chill to the air does it for me. You and I are both 87 babies, right? Because are you going to be 35? I am going to. Can you believe believe we're going to be 35? I feel like we're both 25. You look incredible. You look 25. You do too. Thank you. this, This has taken like a lot, like... I'm a derm fanatic. And so one of my friends that spent all four years in home room with me in in high school, um, she's a dermatologist in the city that I live in. And so like, I go regularly and indulge in like, what can I do here? So no, no fillers, none of that, but definitely like, what can I wash my face with? What can I make you, sure? Keeps you glow, <laughs> you glow. And it's like, not just your handsomeness and your beauty, but like, you're like, you glow, like you, you have a glow to you. Tell the cute men that. Okay. <laughs> They're here. I'm sure some of them are on this podcast. Hello. It's at, Listen, let me educate you. <laughs> that part. Where, <laughs> food is my love language. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Taurus rising. Yes. <laughs> Jamal, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for your beautiful. Thank you for you. Thank you for your work. I adore you, respect you. Thank you so much for this. We love you and we appreciate you. I love you on purpose, back. I love you on purpose. Thank you, guys. <laughs> love you.
If this episode has served you, I ask you to share it, to send it to someone where it could make a big difference and and help them heal or create a new perspective in their life. Please tag me with your shares, um, something you learned from this episode or that you loved from this episode at Natalia underscore Benson on Instagram. Also, please DM me with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support. Consider subscribing to this podcast, leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you so much. I will see you very soon. Thank you.